Hey there, this is Tanya Wright from thenaturalhomeschool.com, the place for homeschool and Montessori lovers ready to make themselves centered, organized teachers, nurture happy children, and create smooth and successful days. Let's get you closer to your transformation today. Welcome. Just wanted to get into the nitty gritty of our conversation today. And yesterday we were discussing in a group about misconceptions. And one of the misconceptions is that Montessori does not like fantasy, that Montessori is against fantasy. And obviously that is not um, the reality. That's fantasy too. So let's talk a little bit about that because I don't want people to be um, not understanding or believing something that is not true. So people have told me many, many times, and many of us have heard it, that Montessori, the Montessori philosophy, the Montessori method, Maria Montessori herself, was against fantasy and imagination in children. And that is one thing that a lot of parents and a lot of um, aspiring Montessorians don't like. They have an issue with that. They don't like the fact that, oh, there's no fantasy, but what about their creativity, their imagination? And so let's talk a little bit about that. I really want to dispel that misconception. So if you are, I, I'm just showing you three simple truths about it, and I'm going to be short and sweet. So if you come in the middle or something, feel free to watch the replay because these are super simple and easy, but very, very helpful because it will open your eyes to see Montessori in a different way, at least in this one misconception. So let's talk about it. Number one, the truth number one is that the reality about Montessori origins. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about where Montessori was when she developed the Montessori method and the philosophy. She was in Italy over a hundred years old uh, ago, um, over a hundred years ago. And so you know that they were at war. It, it was poor and it was, um, she was working with low income and a lot of special needs children. And so the situation with these children was that they didn't only need education, but they actually needed help with everything. They had to take showers there. Montessori had to take care of these children. She was observing these children that had both parents needing to work. They were in extreme poverty. They needed to help them with showers, with cleanliness, with learning how to survive, how to live. So they did a lot of the practical life activities. And I think that that is where it all came from, from these children needing to be more self-sufficient. They would have to take their weight and their height I mean, they did a lot of the medical side and the nutritional side and the hygiene and all that. And so if you think about it, these children were living in such a volatile world that she said they really need something concrete, something real, something that they need to, to grasp on and hold on to. So a lot of it has to do with the origins of Montessori, and that was her reality. And so she said for these children to be constantly in a state of fantasy and imagination, yeah, it might help them escape from the reality, but they need to have a concrete grasp on what life is, how to survive, how to, you know, stay clean, stay in the present. And so that is the truth number one. That's where this whole no fantasy, no imagination came from. And this is specifically talking about ages three to six or six and younger. It doesn't have to do with children that are older than that. So let's go and talk about truth number two. Truth number two is what kinds of books Montessori recommends. That's the other misconception that, oh, Montessori only wants very specific kinds of books. It, in a way, yes, she prefers certain types of books, 
they are called living books or um, you know twaddle books and non-fiction books and that also stems from the no fantasy no imagination type thing but now that you know the origins of the Montessori philosophy you will understand why she wanted the books that children read to be based on reality to be based on the real world and real life so she preferred real photographs over drawings cartoonish looking pictures she preferred real life stories that can actually happen in real life not made up stories and she also preferred or even if they were made up they would be doable like they could actually happen in, in real life you know what i mean and then also uh the characters the characteristics of the story would have to be real based on reality so you would not have an elephant talking to a tiger dressed in human clothes why because elephants don't talk and tigers don't wear human clothes um, or having human-like characteristics like they are in school they're reading a book or they are writing or things like that uh, just attributes that are exclusively for humans and so she preferred to show children books that have pictures photographs of real places and real people and real situations and so most of the books that children from ages three to six will be reading if you follow the monastery methods strictly would be just based on reality non-fiction books thank you for listening to the show stay tuned for more have you been wondering how to go about doing monastery successfully or learn more about this wonderful method are you lost when it comes to planning monastery lessons and know how to help children with this wonderful method? Are you constantly doubting yourself, not being sure you're presenting the lessons correctly to a child no matter what subject it is? Are you ready to become a centered, organized Montessori guide and nurture happy, normalized children? What about loving the idea to know how to create smooth, successful Montessori days? Let me introduce you to the Montessori Way Foundations Framework, a six-month journey to a firm foundation in the Montessori method. Visit us at thenaturalhomeschool.com slash T-M-W-F-F. But then let's move on to truth number three. And this is where it's going to like give you this moment. Um, so we need to be moving from concrete to abstract. This is something that Maria Montessori was very, very um, just aware of, that you needed to show children the concrete first and then move on to the abstract why because that's the way children work that's how they learn that's how they rationalize things in their minds and that is how they work better children's minds work differently from ours and let me give you an example to make more sense um, out of what i'm trying to say from concrete to abstract so when we're doing monastery math for example we start with the concrete things that children can actually manipulate touch see they can measure, they can move around. So we use all of these wonderful Montessori works, right? These are concrete. You take a number one and one counter and you put it there and it's concrete, you can see it, it's right there. And then um, you move on to the abstract. As children, concrete would also be, for example, like just children that don't do Montessori use their fingers for counting. So that would be another concrete um, example. So children start with the concrete. They need the numbers, they need the fingers, the manipulatives, whatever it is um, that they can touch, that they can move, that they can measure, that they can observe and handle. And that's why Montessori has so many hands-on works. And then as they start to progress towards the abstract, they will start showing 
that they are ready to move on to the abstract. And this is part of the sensitive period. The way you see it is they no longer use their fingers for counting. They no longer need the large bead frame for adding or subtracting. They no longer need the manipulatives. So you start out with only that concrete, the hands-on. Then as they start to get older and their sensitive period starts opening up towards the abstract, that is when you start to move them towards the worksheets, towards the, the written stuff. And then they are able to just do their addition and subtraction without needing the concrete. I mean, we as adults don't need the concrete most of the time to do adding, subtracting, multiplying. We just do it all abstract in our heads, right? We just do it all mentally. Why? Because we have a firm concept of the concrete. So that's what children need to do. And that is what Maria Montessori was meaning about the fantasy and the imagination and all that. Um, children need a concrete and firm foundation in reality, and then they can move on to the abstract. So concrete to abstract. And always say that back and forth, just concrete to abstract, concrete to abstract. It's very important to understand that. It, it is a lot easier for children to learn to add and subtract if they have manipulatives than if you just give them a piece of paper full of addition and subtraction problems. And you know that for a fact. I mean, if you've tried it, you would see right away that that's not how it works. So um, just that is an example. But you can use all different kinds of subjects in Montessori. The sandpaper letters for writing, pre-writing, how you go from concrete to abstract. You always go from things that they can touch and see and that are real to the more abstract concepts. So you're not going to um, immediately tell children to write a story. Why? Because they don't know how to write the letters. They can't form letters. They can't form words. They can't form sentences. They don't know the structures of the sentences. So we go from the very, very beginning with the pre-writing, which is the concrete. They can do the sand tray tracing. They can do the sandpaper letter tracing and all of those concrete things and then move on to the abstract. And soon enough, you will be able to tell when they're able to, to start writing the letters without needing that reminder of, oh, how did the B go? Did the B have the, the line on the left or on the right? They will start to move on to the abstract as soon as they are ready. And you just have to be aware of the, their sensitive period whenever they are um, open. And so I hope that these truths have helped you and clarify a little bit of that misconception. Montessori is not against fantasy and it, she's not against imagination and creativity on the contrary. Once children are able to get a firm grasp on reality and on the concrete, then you can go to the abstract and go into the, that side of the imagination and the fantasy and, and all of that fun creativity. So I hope that this helped. Uh, please leave me some comments if you want to, to um, ask any questions. If you want to let me know, uh, I will come back in a few minutes. And then just check regularly if anybody has watched the replay, just put replay on your comment. And I will be happy to answer any questions. And let's just start a conversation and talk about this because I really don't want people to be turned off and be turned away from Montessori because of this misconception. I understand that it is very important. But at the same time, once you know the reality of why she's saying that we should wait a little bit on the abstract, then it makes perfect sense. All right, I hope that uh, this helped. Talk to you later. I appreciate you sharing time with me today. You have tons of choices about what you're listening to, and I love that you chose The Natural Homeschool Show. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Until next time, this is Tanya Wright with thenaturalhomeschool.com. I hope that you will use this training to create solutions that will bring about smooth, successful days for you.
Let's get you closer to that transformation today.